second prize in a beauty contest, collect $10. Go ahead, make you a stupid joke. I don't understand. I think I'll buy a railroad. A German shepherd shaved asshole won first prize. Oh! What about my wife? You married her. She's my home. No more talking like that. It's okay, Bob. Stay out of this. You're Sopranos. You go too far. Yes, I believe that was the original working title for this show was You Sopranos, You Go Too Far, but then someone said, just make it The Sopranos. Much cleaner. Welcome to Cut to Black, a Soprano sit-down. My name is Jim Scampoli, and I've seen every single episode of The Sopranos. Uh, my name is Jacob Burrows, and I've seen 78 episodes. Holy shit, that's a high number of The Sopranos. Welcome to Season 6, Part 2. Here we go. Final stretch. Let's do this. But, Jim, this outstanding episode, Soprano Home Movies, who slapped this thing together? This episode was written by supervising producers Diane Froloff, Andrew Schneider. Those are names we've heard before, although I think this is their last like official writing credit. Uh, also co-written by series creator David Chase and executive producer Matthew Weiner, the creator of Mad Men. Um, directed by Tim Van Patten, who is a, a Sopranos mainstay, of course. And this episode did air April 8th, 2007. Mm. Whilst watching this, I sent you a message like, yeah, or this episode is a ride, and it's, it was just a picture of Bobby uh, talking about how he exclusively hunts with bow and arrow now. And uh, you mentioned you'd been waiting to get to this one. This feels like one of those episodes, right? Yes, yeah, and it's weird because um, I've mentioned this on the show. I mentioned it to someone on our Twitter recently as well. Uh, shows what you know on Twitter, by the way, but not y-o-u just the letter u it's cleaner shows what you know uh but um I, yeah i had mentioned that season six especially like seasons one through three i've seen many times uh many times over partially because of like the dvds and then partially because you forget there's long breaks between a lot of these uh seasons and but the dvds at the time were so fucking expensive so I had seasons one through three, so I'd watch those a lot. Season four, I'd seen a couple times, five a little less. Season six specifically, I believe I've only seen once. But I do, re I wow. always remembered, oh yeah, there's the, the Monopoly fight episode. Uh, and, and I've seen it like it, people reference it a lot in either the Facebook groups or even on the Reddit uh, I know there's, I think it's, people are going along with the goof, but maybe some people are serious where people argue over who won the fight. And, <laughs> and right. if there was, of course a, they're serious. Yeah. <laughs> no, I would say most of them are probably serious, Jim. Yeah. And the sucker punch, if it like, they sound like Tony or the, you know, the rug, if yeah. that throw rug wasn't there, uh, you know, it'd be someone else. Bobby would be the one on his ass. Uh, so yeah, so I was kind of, I was definitely looking forward to this one because I, I think at the time, I definitely appreciated it, but uh, looking at it on this rewatch and in this like with our, I guess, I don't want to say critical eye, but like trying to break things down, I was uh, I was anticipating it for sure. So you enjoyed it? Yeah, absolutely. It's got uh, it's I, I, I think we talked about last time, maybe the episode didn't really feel like a finale, but holy shit, if this doesn't feel like a great first episode of a season, <laughs> yes. um, even if it was like a full season or even the fact that we have less than a full season to go, this feels like it launches us back into the world of The Sopranos in a great and a unique way, I'd say. Um, it has yeah, it has an intensity to it. Maybe part of that is, you know, the setting, the content. There's also somehow like the editing where we'll suddenly like jump forward and now like we're in a speedboat <laughs> that's the <laughs> yeah. one that stuck with me but i think overall there's uh an intensity in how it's put together and i really like it yeah yeah and i maybe i've uh, i've mentioned in the past um you know maybe i relate to tony a bit too much um mm. uh, like it's not a i don't think it's a good thing uh but like and, and i'm sure this is somewhat common but like I don't know, just the setting and the Monopoly game and the way things blow up, like, it's, you know, I, I grew up with parents and stuff like this would happen. It's where it's a fun night 
<laughs> and especially like the monopoly, like everything is on brand. And next thing you know, it's a fight or it's a big to do. Uh, so yeah. it definitely rings very true. And even like to an extent, the way Tony reacts to the story and a lot of people, it's like fun. Uh, but to him, it's not like, I don't know. I'm probably relating a little bit too much to everything that's happening there because just there's this feeling of like, no, nah, it's not okay. Like for you to laugh at my family or how you think about my family type deal. Um, yeah. so it's just so many things that ring true to me. I mean, outside of the mafioso, what happens when you get whacked and have you ever done a whacking and who are we going to whack now? Uh, but the, the, <laughs> yeah. the family stuff, uh, I don't know. It really, it really, it really nails it to me. Yeah, no, I would agree. Um, that it is like, it's, it's, uh, there's such specificity in what's going on with like the monopoly game and all of that the whacking is incidental it's like an afterthought almost uh it's like it's obviously like an enhanced version or an extreme version of where these arguments might go because it ends with people dying (laughs) um but yeah the family stuff as always in the sopranos is uh what is actually important so uh, should we start from the top Sure. Yes, absolutely. Because um, yeah, we kind of have a. Uh, I mean, we we've pointed this stuff out in the past, very almost like unsopranos like. Uh, with it kind of opens with what just a two thousand four, uh, yep. title, and a quick like reminder slash flashback. But I guess also a different point of view as we see Tony running from the feds from Johnny Sachs, where he does he threw that gun in the snow, which we remember. Of course, we remember. I mean, we only watched it a few months ago. In real life, it's been like three years, so I guess I yeah. get why they're doing it. Uh, and we see the Tony tosses the gun in a you know a little idiot kid, like almost like I assume one of AJ's buds, maybe someone or almost someone that could have been an AJ uh, finds yeah. the gun. Yeah, exactly. Is this the? Mm, yeah, I don't know. Have we, I don't know if we've seen this kid before, but it's uh, uh, Johnny Sachs kid right That's no it's I'm just getting. like a neighbor it's just I, oh, it's great. just like <laughs> someone from the neighborhood basically uh yeah, i thought it was weird that yeah. i was introduced to this character like this and they never showed up again yeah yeah it's just uh because he was like he took off through that it's just someone in that rich neighborhood i mean it does look almost like it's johnny Sack's house where he runs back up to but you know it's just whatever that jersey rich hood is and then we do a quick cut to show it's 2007 with the newspaper Nice little nod because, uh, you know, obviously we're used to Tony walking down the driveway for the paper, uh, yeah. but uh, yeah, no one's there banging on the wall. Uh, and it's great when Carmela's like, is this it? Uh, yeah. Such a great reaction, such a great line. And, you know, meta in a lot of respects as well, because it's like, this is it for as far as the show's concerned. This is the last premiere you're gonna get because we're we're on our way to the end that's very true and it is uh we've just seen this happen in the flashback so obviously this is where our mind is as well but the fact that that's where her mind goes immediately is of course like an indication of even if our life seems normal 90 percent of the time say when we're playing monopoly uh (laughs) there's still like that that small percentage where like at any time uh it could be it this could be it <laughs> and uh it seems to be but it's not like this is how you start the season i'm like holy shit this is the season about the gun yeah <laughs> obviously yeah. in classic soprano fashion it's uh, irrelevant like 10 minutes into the episode but um we start with this something about hollow point ammunition and that's really bad uh so they they cuff him, lock him up, and it, meanwhile, uh, uh, Carmela's talking to Janice on the phone about going somewhere for the weekend, and I'm like, this is clearly irrelevant, this is the gun episode, and little <laughs> did I know, I was the opposite. Yeah, yeah, that's hilarious, because yeah, you just feel like it's a quick Janice scene to check in, to like, oh, word's getting out, Tony got arrested, uh, something to do with a gun or whatever. Uh, nope, nope. Uh, that that's going to be the focus. We're going to be at that lake. Don't worry. We're going to get you there to that lake. Uh, we do see that AJ works at Beansy's yeah. now, so, so he's not in construction anymore. I guess is that his path? Wasn't that Tony's idea? Is his path to being a promoter, uh, working uh, at the, at Beansy's restaurant? Yeah, it wasn't promoter. It was what's it? What is it called? Oh, event uh, planner or or whatever. Yeah, exactly. He wanted him to work at Beansy's, and I guess. Uh, 
guess all the construction got to him in the end and uh I don't know. He's he's grown some facial hair. Besides that, he seems pretty much the same. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess that hard work ethic isn't quite uh, sticking around. Uh, I mean, because yeah, he is working though. Yeah, true. Um, and then what? We um, I forget if it's here or not. But Meadow has a comment about like you know, oh, were they just trying to, uh, you know, humiliate and, yeah, dad humiliate dad? Because I love the. It's always there, like just the small moments with meadow because i guess it's similar to when she's arguing with her family she'll be all like you know hey look at what our family is and she's had those kind of run-ins with tony but then and and she's a liberal you know goes to liberal school and uh tries to to help underprivileged people but she still has that carmilla like blindness that you have to have i guess to live that life uh, so Absolutely. Just, yeah, so and I mean, Carmela shows that as well on the way uh, out of the house when uh, Tony's being arrested and she calls out to their oh, yeah. doctor. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is the family doctor right here. Ask him, like, uh, Tony's got a condition or whatever in, in his uh, state. I don't know what she's saying, but like, how, like, as if that will somehow fix things. And, and the, the doctor who we, I don't remember uh, seeing for a long time, but there was something about, like, a package that they were not allowed yes, to open? Yes, yeah, the Cusamanos, because they had Dr. Yeah. Cusamano and Jeannie Cusamano. That was when they were, um, when Tony was messing with them, saying, like, hey, I need you to hold on to this. Don't open it. And they were all, like, you know, worried about it. Yeah. <laughs> so they they don't care. They're not going to intervene with the police doing their job, obviously, but Carmilla has that, uh, and so does Meadow. Um, and, you know, on the way to try to get tony out she's all concerned about uh tomato sauce all over her pants or something um but yeah and tony anyway is calm as a cucumber throughout the thing just heads into this uh lockup uh has to we get a great shot of uh someone walking up to take a shit right behind him that's really um, to me that's that's a vintage hbo thing that's a yeah. quick reminder of like yeah it's not tv it's hbo because We'll make sure that you know that a guy, we can have a shot of a guy in the background p- taking his pants off to take a shit. But it also sets the scene completely. You know, Tony's in his suit. You know, this this homeless vagabond is shitting like as you would in the holding cell. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I am kind of like when, I guess they brought him the suit because like he's not in the suit in the morning. Yeah. Yeah, um, this is the suit I imagine has tomato sauce on it because in what yeah. AJ say like, oh, there's no light in the closet, like some stupid, yeah. <laughs> like AJ bullshit. Exactly. So this is this is what he uh, wears as they go up in front of a judge, and Tony's lawyer is talking about basically like laying out the the situation to the judge, but also to us, and all this is happening within like three minutes or something so it's like a lot of quick scenes in succession what i was talking about with the intensity that we're starting out uh but the lawyer explains yeah some you know some kid got pulled over and had this gun and said they saw it at this point so it's tony's i mean even if there are hollow point bullets it feels like this is uh a flimsy case. They they say they later something mentioned the print, so maybe they have partial prints uh, or something. But the whole thing feels a bit flimsy, um, and it is. Yes, yeah. And uh, we cut to. I think we have uh, Phil. He's got his like welcome home party. Um, I'm trying to gauge like I guess what the time that's passed because I mean we ended on Christmas, and I guess this is kind of clearly around like spring or summertime because i can't gauge if it's like been a year or i guess it's just the naturally into the next year um as far as i guess it could be almost either one uh um, at, at the very least some months have passed maybe a full year it's hard to it's hard to gauge well i don't know if we'll be able to work it out i did almost google soprano timeline yeah, earlier because no. <laughs> i was thinking of the same thing yeah. but then i was like it's gonna end with like and then tony died and i'm like fuck <laughs> although i mean i guess uh, we'll go into it i mean they're going to a lake house so at the very at the very least it's like summertime so it they bought it for the summer and they say that this kid found the gun at least two years ago i mean that was 2004 this is 2007 yeah so whatever amount of time passed before then i believe oh. we are in the summer following uh the christmas we just saw yeah okay yeah that's what i meant more so in relation to where we last left everyone because you know 
Um, Phil was in the hospital and they were at Christmas. So, so yeah, Phil's out and this is very reminiscent of, um, Frank Vincent's character, Billy Bats in, uh, Goodfellas, although he's having a true and sorry, I was just going to say that, um, I was disoriented a bit because everything was moving so fast. I thought the joke was we're in the courtroom and then we immediately <laughs> cut to welcome home. And that's, oh, yeah. I think, uh, an intentional thing. But yeah. then we've, you know, moved the camera out and it's filled. Yes. Yeah. It's it's very reminiscent of his character, Billy Bats, because he's having his like welcome home party from getting out of the can. And it's like it's it's uh, if you know the good. I mean, you, if you're listening to this show, I'm sure you know the Goodfellas scene. It's one of the the greatest most pathetic parties ever because it's just him and like two guys at a bar and he's just like mess up my party uh but yeah so he's got a party and what they get some news about uh tony we're meeting some new new york people here i mean we see butchie who we met in the previous episode but there's a couple other faces here maybe some have been in the background uh i'm sure some of these people are new feels a little bit different coming out of what he's uh, been through with his heart and infection and all this stuff he fought back from. Yeah, he's had a bit of a Tony moment. He seems to be valuing life or whatever. Some uh, some of this boring stuff that doesn't fly well with mobsters. <laughs> yeah. He's getting ribbed a bit. Someone says, like, you may be a turd, but you're my favorite turd or some bullshit. And he's like, there's this moment, like, this classic mob moment that is such a trope where it's, like, quiet for a long time. And then you're like, this fucking kid. And everyone <laughs> yeah. knows it's okay to laugh. <laughs> yeah, and we, we meet Doc. Um, I don't know his last name, but he's kind of... He's a new character. Oh, yeah, Doc Santoro. And he even, yeah, uh, Phil even, he makes a face when they're talking about Jersey and they mention something about, like, they must be fucking sheep down there or something. Now, I don't know if he's just, you know, himself where he doesn't mess around with, you know, homosexual slash sodomy jokes or if he's legit like, hey, don't talk about Tony like that. Yeah, it's good. Good question. Uh, it's like um, I don't know. In general, they seem to be not uh, respecting him very much. They're not giving him much respect. I feel because there's a lot yeah. of like, oh, uh, you know, drive your bike around on the beach jokes, and I don't remember exactly, but it's like, and especially Doc, who, who is a new character, right? We haven't yes, seen him, but he comes in like, "Hi, I've been here all along." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah like most characters do. Um, <laughs> But yeah, he's uh, he's uh, apparently he's a piece of shit. Like they don't like him, but like yeah, it's it's obviously there's some something going on here as, as far as like who's actually going to be in charge now because it seems a little bit up in the air. Yeah, yeah. Then we're back at the Sopranos household, and you know they're talking about Tony's arrest on TV. It's like the the, the county prosecutor. You know we're we're gonna. He's not above the law. And what I love, like, looking at it now is that, you know, everyone's over and they have, like, a platter of food. It's almost like a party because yeah. they're, like, waiting for Tony to get out or whatever. <laughs> but it's just funny. Like, such an impromptu, like, hey, Tony got arrested. Let's get some catering. Let's get the family <laughs> over. Uh, and hopefully he'll be out soon. Yeah. And uh, it works. He's yeah. he basically just comes in, yeah, and it was a bullshit thing. And we're not even ten minutes into the episode, and all of yeah. this has happened. Um, and now we get to understand that uh, via phone call with Bobby, that it's actually about going to uh, going up north to meet the Canadians and hang out um, by the water. And Tony seems uh, a bit swayed by it, particularly when he sees uh, uh, AJ holding uh, holding that kid. He's like. You know what? I will leave this place. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to get a read on that. Although before that, I do want to call out. I love that uh, Blanca's like he's out. Like <laughs> he's they oh, already let him already? out. And then yeah. AJ's like, well, in our neighborhood, because I like how now AJ has the ownership as well. Like he's yeah. also uh, someone who's underprivileged and oppressed. Like in our neighborhood, it's just not as easy as all that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I guess is it it's is is it this weird detest that AJ is in this situation, or is it? I mean, I don't think it's this, but the other the other read I had little later when Tony gets to see Janice's baby, where he's like all happy about it, uh, and maybe yeah. he's like, ah, oh, I get to spend time with a baby, but then again, I guess that's probably not it. They're just kind of like they hate AJ, right? I don't know. I I guess like or maybe just. Um 
uh like he he's at home but he doesn't feel fully relaxed here or yeah. something aj's part of that and and like oh they let him out already it's not not a super welcoming comment to to come back to but then True. i don't know it's hard to, hard for me to gauge honestly what's yeah. uh, what's going on here but i i could also imagine just looking at aj under any circumstances and just going like you know what i do want to be somewhere else <laughs> yeah you know i gotta get the fuck out of here for a little while <laughs> yeah. uh so well yeah we get a quick we get a quick shot that the feds are pretty upset that it's it's this local guy basically trying to get some press that's why they brought tony in um so you know we're, we're seeing a little bit of the behind the scenes i'm glad they don't spend a ton on this but just a quick you know this is what you see in other procedurals and cop shows are like your jurisdiction don't give me that jurist my diction shit uh where are the feds and you know you work for us and it's like oh the feds are gonna take over whatever there's some bullshit going on and they're taking the case back so we know that's going yeah. on yeah <laughs> well that i felt like this scene was kind of the point of all the previous scenes because it was like the gun thing it felt like bullshit from the start and it kind of it was but then uh when we see this it's like oh this is the thing that's actually brewing yes. it might become important in the next few episodes but it's also the soprano so it might not but uh, I feel like this is more like, ooh, because that's obviously way more scary as, as far as, you know, uh, us worrying about Tony and his fate. They're building this huge Rico case or whatever. And uh, Tony does find out about that later. But for now, it's all smiles and whistles as we head north to the beach house. Yeah, because then he does get the call that the, the charges are dropped. So, it's yeah, it's, it's good news right now. Uh, and they're on their way up to the lake house. And I do. It's it's very reminiscent of when they were all at the the farm uh, with like uh, yeah. Tony Egg and and Chris because we do get a lot of shots of like hanging out on the water. Um, you know, just you, you get the nice the sound of the of the wilderness and the water and just being up you know up in the countryside, getting away from all the hustle and bustle. Yeah, seems really nice. Like uh, they're gonna have a nice, relaxing time, and it's gonna be great, and uh, not regret going at all. Uh, <laughs> he says, "Once you're up here, it's it's pretty great looking out at the water there, and it does seem really nice, actually. Um, like very, you know, you can't help but think it looks like an expensive house. Bobby must be doing well, and there's yeah. more on that later in the episode. Yeah, yeah, and then I we um I I forget if I'm jumping too far ahead, but. We already get a little like passive aggressive uh, comments. Like I think Tony makes some comments about the lawn, or the lawn looks like shit. And then Janice is like, "Well, yeah, we're already dealing with the lawn at our house after someone let the, you know, the landscaper go." And it's like, "Ah, oh, I got you a house," and you know, just little pecking already. Um, yeah, kind of like good family stuff, but it's like, uh oh, here we go. <laughs> Yeah, it's like they've reset from that uh, lovely moment with Janice in the basement where I'm not sure if this would have been any different if Tony had engaged when, with Janice when she was all, you know, emotional over getting the house. Uh, but that all seems to be like outwardly they're they're in a good place. But I mean, I, I think they're in as good a place as Tony and Janice can be. True. Um, but it, it's also like this underlying thing of Tony's unhappy. Janice is probably unhappy, but Tony is always unhappy. And he just takes that out on everyone around him with little comments and everything, wants everyone else to be unhappy. So there you go. Yeah, and <laughs> we're going to get there. There's this through line because, I mean, it is called Sopranos Home Movies. It, it is, it's Tony's birthday. One of the gifts he gets is uh, Janice had digitized their, you know, some footage from when they were kids. And then we start, I mean, it's later in the episode, but we hear a little bit about how Janice is more like her father. And Tony's more like his mother than, and, and probably more than he'd like to admit or uh, more than he'd want to even know because we start to see like some of the vindictiveness. And I think it even comes up a little bit. I, I don't mean to jump too far ahead, but when they're like sitting by the lake and it's like a nice moment, like they're just kind of enjoying the nature. And then Tony yeah. looks at the baby and then he brings up a story of a baby drowning. It's such a Livia yeah. move. Like she, so she literally did that. I think what at the family dinner talking about babies getting thrown out of windows of buildings. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great point. Yeah. Cause he goes like, well, or whatever. And yeah. like then doesn't want to talk about it and like gets them to 
get it out of or, or i don't really remember maybe it's he, he gets carmela to tell it or whatever because yes. he can't even say it but like he obviously wants to yes. and that's also like where is that coming from tony what like is he genuinely doing that or is it to annoy them or is it genuine but underneath it's built on this bitterness and this just worry and anxiety I, i'm not sure what's going on well because and especially because it's like yeah, he, he, you're right. He does bring it up that way, and he just like so it makes a noise, and then Carmela like looks at him, and then he's like the pool or something like, and then she yeah. tells the story. But they're at a lake, so of yeah. course they're just gonna think about like because this lake it's like so massive in a lot of these shots, like it's surrounding them, uh, and it's like all right, so now all you're gonna think about is how your baby might just drown, <laughs> might just wander into the lake, and no one's gonna notice yeah. it. Uh, yep. But yeah, before that, anyways, we get some nice shots. They, they got a nice machine gun. They're on the woods just blowing away trees. <laughs> Which I suppose, like, this is something, I, as far as I understand it, that you Americans just kind of do anyway. <laughs> I don't know if you personally have, yeah. but I, late, I, I work for a company that's also active in America, and some people have gone over there to visit. And apparently when people from Ireland come on over, they take them shooting. And, like, American people are not, they don't understand why European people are so obsessed with guns when they come over. And we're kind of like, what? Because we don't have any. There are none guns. And that is shocking to people from the U.S. But then for people from the U.S., honestly, people here will go like, why are you so obsessed about healthcare?" And they're, uh, and guys on your side are like, because we don't we don't have that or we don't have it, you know, in yeah. the way that we have it over here. So it's it's a really interesting thing that someone told me a story this week of having almost this exact scene, like not with the bow and arrow bit, unfortunately, because that's a classic line. Yeah. But uh, I feel like this is not uh, something that only mobsters can do in the U.S. Am I right? I guess you are. I mean, but like that's not I, I'm just personally I'm disconnected from that. I've never shot a gun before. Mm. Um, I don't, I don't really have a lot of friends that own guns. Um, I mean, I guess moving, I, now I, I grew up, uh, in Massachusetts on the East coast. Uh, now I live in Vegas in Nevada. There are more people I know of who, at least their family have guns, but yeah, I don't have a lot of interactions with them. And, but although living in Vegas, I can go to a shooting range, like not far away. And I think shoot that gun that Tony has in this if I wanted to. And I sure. guess I kind of do want to, so I probably yeah. should do that. But yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, it's clearly a thing. Everyone loves guns. I do know some people that hunt and stuff like that. I actually was talking to someone recently, and yeah, he was saying how he like doesn't like store-bought steaks, cause he, although I guess steaks is different because you're not like hunting a cow. But I, but I know yeah. he's got like, he's, like in this episode, there's like a deer head on the wall, and yeah, this guy has the, like he has a deer head that he hunted, and his like father-in-law has a bear that he hunted. And I mean, I'm I'm disconnected yeah. from that, uh, but yeah, that is a thing. And I guess big machine well, guns are a thing. Yeah, and and like the shooting range thing, that makes sense to me. But like the fact that someone went over and for a treat they took him out like just in the wilderness to uh, shoot guns. <laughs> yeah, that like I don't that was about. the. <laughs> but that was that was the thing like and that was the thing they just do uh but i guess uh you need to go to utah because there's not much else going on around there yeah 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 um because that's where it was <laughs> anyway yeah they're having a grand old time <laughs> and then yeah yeah like you mentioned the bow and arrow it's going for the sport uh we do kind of then we get to the scene we were already talking about like with when tony brings up the story but before that um i mean Soprano is like still very relevant, especially as far as uh, America's concerned. I mean, David Chase always talked about it's about America because we have a quick story where, you know, Bobby's talking about how his family came illegally through Canada and, you know, the name change or whatever they whatever they talk about. But then it's great because then he's just like, ought to build a wall now, though. And then Carmelo's like, here, here. <laughs> and it's like, that's still, you know, the big thing. That's still the thing we're talking about. So, I mean, I'm not really even taking a side here, but it's just great that it's like, yep, you know, hey, what was this 12 years ago? It's like, yeah, the, these things are still going on. And plus, even the guns, that's uh, obviously a very relevant thing. So uh, they're nailing it. Um, there's yeah, also I mean, it. Oh, good. Uh, 
it's fantastic that I mean just the timing of it when Bobby talks about how his family came down through Canada because he couldn't come through Ellis Island because like his great grandfather or whoever had like some charges in in the home country and then there's just like the silence and then they're like ought to build a wall now though <laughs> and like you just know that they're concerned about oh you know these people coming over they're, they're not sending your best folks you know they're criminals and then they're like you guys are criminals and you brought oh like your great grandfather was a criminal as well when he came over so <laughs> and you want to keep people out it's just the timing of it is impeccable yes and then uh we do have a mention of white caps as well where Carmela's oh, like, yeah. you know, hey, we were going to get a beach house. Remember that, Tony? And Tony, Tony does, like, t there's no one better at the thing of where someone doesn't want to talk about something and then he's clearly annoyed, but he tries to change the subject. Uh, yeah. I love when Tony does it and he does that here. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's a lot going on in the scene because besides what I, we already mentioned about the dead kid story, because then we have the Janice. Like, Coke, who, who could imagine us, like, having such a good relationship? And it's like, but all credit to you because you've changed. And <laughs> it's it's such a disguised nice thing to say. Like, I know she does mean well, but it is clear, like, this Soprano thing, the Sopranos, they go too far. There's that underlying thing that Tony can't shake where it's like, oh, I changed. So why did I have to change? What about you? Uh, what did yeah. I change about myself? Uh, so <laughs> what a great moment. Yeah, and I think that's, it's like after that, there's just a silence and he w looks out at the water. And I guess that's when he brings up like how your child is going to drown. So that's a little bit uh, of a revenge just for saying that I had to change. Yes. And it's all great because it means he didn't change. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no one changes. That's the point of The Sopranos. We've discussed this in every episode. And there is a, there's a quick bit here. Um, I like the connection. I give the credit to uh, The Sopranos Sessions, the Alan Sepinwall book. Uh where they call out, I believe it's this scene, where Carmela's like, um, oh, the fish are jumping or something. And Tony looks and he misses it. And they kind of compare that to Tony's chance to change from the first half of season six. And it's like mm. he had that, he had the opportunity, but he missed it. Just like he didn't catch that fish jumping from the water. So there you go. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So, um, I think the next day would be Tony's birthday, and it starts out idyllic enough with a blowjob. Yeah. And uh, then it's just generally, like, he's out on the water. Like, there's a bunch... There's so many scenes in this episode that I think if we go through every single one, it's going to take us uh, a fair while. But basically, he goes out on the water and, and while Janice is uh, at home with Carmilla, and... Uh, they're talking about AJ and, you know, we see AJ at home ho holding a party. And then we also have Tony and Bobby out in the lake, you know, an important scene there where they talk about the future of who's going to be boss after Tony and how he's insulating himself. Uh, which part here do you want to dive into? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like you said, it starts out with fast boats and blow jobs. It's, a, you know, a recipe for a great birthday. Uh, yeah. AJ is also having sex in his parents' bed. Um, and cool. throwing a party, of course, as he would. Uh, but yeah, going back to their, their, well, I guess before their discussion on the water, um, we have, uh, just a quick thing with Carmela and Janice. And I like that they have it. They're just talking about their kids and, you know, being parents and what you got to do. There's a quick reference to Tippy. If you remember, uh, Tony's dog that was given away to, uh, <laughs> His dad's Gumaz son, because <laughs> right. Janice, Janice forgot about that. Yeah, Janice <laughs> mentions that she like tricked Tony into eating one of Tip Tippy's treats because she told him it was like something else or whatever. Uh, but I just like the call out to Tippy. Uh, but yeah, yeah. The, then we have the the talk with Bobby and Tony on the boat, um, and it's interesting. I mean, they start talking about death like at first, where it's like, uh, you yeah. know, you probably don't even hear it when it happens. And we kind of get to, I, I like that Tony, especially in this episode, because where it ends up, Tony is starting to position Bobby as his new Christopher. Like that's yeah. essentially what he's saying here is because as we've seen earlier, there's a quick mention when they have the, everyone's at the house for when Tony gets out and Christopher's not there. Yeah, uh, it's really weird for me yeah. to come into this because I'm going like, where's Christopher? And then like there's a... 
there's a shot at some point where Christopher calls him and he's in the show for like five seconds as yes. he says something and Tony literally just hangs up on him. And I think that's the only part he's in the episode for. Yep. And it's a real, like, it's a really interesting way of starting out the season. Uh, and I was like, oh, something must have happened. And then I remembered, oh, yeah, he banged his, uh, his almost guma and that whole thing. So I guess that's why. But when Tony's there talking about how they might be, you know, have different perspectives, him and Christopher, I'm like, oh, shit, we really missed something between the seasons here. But uh, I guess it's just a culmination of everything we've seen over the past uh, several seasons. Yeah, and I think it's also ties in with um, what what becomes like a theme of this episode about where Janice alludes to Tony being like his mother. And then Carmilla has to be like, Tony, my husband is not a vindictive man. But no, we know he is. And. Yeah. Even if it's just, yeah, whether it be all Christopher's past with dealing with uh, intervention, because, yeah, there's nothing to show that Tony found out that Chris fell off the wagon. It really is just that Juliana thing. And in classic yeah. Livia fashion, he's just been stewing on it over the past few months and slowly just like hating him more and more and just like, I guess, starting to push him out. And now he sees Bobby is more family now. He's always been solid, but now he's even his brother-in-law. He's married to his sister. You know, they have, he has his own kids, but they also have, has a kid with Janice. It does seem like a logical next step for him. Uh, but we do also get some important information about Bobby is that even though we know his father was, kind of the hitman, the guy to take people out. Bobby's never had to do that. Yeah. And I was like, wait, I swear I've seen him do that. And then I'm like, uh, no, no, I haven't. Yeah. I actually haven't. I mean, the most we've seen, I mean, we've seen him do collections. We did see him like he had to like rough a guy. Well, not even rough him up. He had to like kind of threaten that union guy at the bar. Cause even then yeah. I think we even talked about how like it was weird to see Bobby do that. Cause he always is kind of, the lovable idiot in a weird way. Um, yeah. But yeah. So I, I wonder if that, I mean, obviously I don't think the Sopranos plans little deep plot details out like that, but I, I wonder what the Eureka moment was like, Hey, you know what? This is something we could use. I don't think if you think about it, Bobby, Bobby's probably never done a hit. He just, he's been looking after junior for a while and making collections. Yeah. Um, so we get, you know, onto the evening of the celebration. I think the first scene there is just a dinner and it's like nice and he's getting presents, getting some uh, golf clubs. I think this is basically to lead us into what's happening later because they're doing a fair bit of drinking and then there's karaoke too. And <laughs> you're like, how could this go wrong? You know, such yeah. a lovely evening. Well, and again, I go back to... Uh... The episode where they had the, I think it was Carm's father's birthday. And we talked about how that's like a very much like a, you're hanging out with the family. And there's vibes yeah. of that here because it does seem nice. You know, they're day drinking, but in a good way. I mean, Carm does make a comment earlier to Janice, like, is Tony hitting the sauce too much here? Um, but they're drinking out on the boat. Uh, Janice and Carm start drinking. And then, yeah, it's, they're having a nice night. It's it's fun to see, you know, they're getting gifts. Uh, Tony's getting gifts, celebrating his birthday. Uh, it's fun to see Carmela singing some karaoke, singing Love Hurts. <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, karaoke drinks and Monopoly. And, yes, the free parking rule, that's how my family played. We played free parking as well. So, again, that's where we're like, yeah, this is great. This is exactly... <laughs> Like real life. Show me where it says that, Jim. <laughs> Show me where it says that in the rules. Uh, I personally, I, I wouldn't, I would say that I hate uh, Monopoly because I, I reserve hatred for things that uh, truly have a neg. Well, no, I hate Monopoly. Uh, it's a shit game, um, and it's well, it's actually a great parody of capitalism, but we, we won't get into that. It's basically mm -hmm. a joke on capitalism, yeah. uh, which is great. Um, but the fact that we play it. And without even seeing that or without even caring, I, I don't know. It just never, it stresses me out. I've never had a good time playing. Well, I have had a good time playing Monopoly, but it's just the closer you get to the end of Monopoly, the worse your evening is. That's just yes. a rule. Yeah, for like, sure. It, it doesn't matter that, well, the fact that they're mobsters and have family tension, that's part of it. But like it, by design, as more money flows towards one person, 
continuing to play the game becomes meaningless for everyone else. So then it's like, when do we call this? Like most Monopoly games will just end there because if you play it to the bone, yeah. it is just a, a symbol of all money going to one place and being centralized and getting power away from everyone else. Anyway, we won't go into my <laughs> communist agenda right now, but uh, <laughs> but basically it's a it's a shit game and it's so perfect for this scene yes. because of course it's just going to get, they're going to get more and more drunk it is fun at first when they're talking about the parking rules and then they're just, you know, snide comments back and forth, like from the intro, and then it gets serious. But then, you know, in true Sacre Bleu, where is me mama fashion, Tony doesn't stop when he should stop and he yes. just pushes it too far. And then, you know, from a push to a punch and we end up where we end up. Yes. Yeah. Um And yeah, I like the it's it's a comical thing at first and it does it's. Everyone feel like, I guess they're great actors, but I have to wonder if they really were just having drinks and stuff because everyone feels like they do a good job at acting drunk. I mean, especially Janice. Um, and, and yeah, like, you know, the fuck the Parker brothers. <laughs> you know, they worked really hard on these rules. Um, the... Uh, oh, that we have like the little, like the little small comments at first as, you know, the baby comes out and... You know, Janice offers her uh, like a Laffy Taffy or whatever. Bobby's like, oh, we talked about this. You know, show me the difference between bribery and positive reinforcement. And Tony makes a comment and, hey, you know, Uncle Tony, butt the fuck out. Things start to Mm. brim a little bit. Uh, Then the beehive story comes up. Tony also brings up, I love that he brings up the recording thing again, which he mentioned to Melfi. So it's something he's been stewing over again. Like maybe I'll record you, um, Tony. Also- oh, it's such a festering thing. Like the way things are brought up is so genius here yeah. because it's like things that have been happening in his mind for years and years, and she doesn't probably even remember it. But he references it just by, "How about I record you?" And it's like, "Wait, what? What are you talking about?" And it's like, "Oh, yeah. oh this thing twenty years ago." And it's like, uh. "We were kids." Um, so many great interactions here where like one of the first thing that uh, things that annoys Bobby is like when he's like, oh, how about I just make up my own rules? How about that? And Tony just goes, how about that? How about that? <laughs> and Bobby just kind of looks at him and it's this great comedic moment. But then it boils over into the like the violence that happens, too. So uh, it's great stuff. Yeah. And then, yeah, there's the beehive story where I guess um uh yeah tony's uh johnny boy soprano tony's father got like so fed up with livia that he basically shot her in the head but (laughs) it went through her beehive haircut uh and everyone thinks it's hilarious tony's very upset and one of the other bits i love about this episode is that you know they hint i mean they don't hint at they show us in a quick scene that aj is throwing a big house party because his parents are out of town and yeah. I mean, I guess looking at it now, now that I'm an older gentleman from when I originally watched the show where it's like now I re- I can relate more to a get together like Tony's having. Yes. Uh, <laughs> than I can when I was younger, it'd be more like, oh, yeah, we're having a party. You know, someone's so and so's parents are out of the way. And most shows or movies would be about the kid having the party and how things got so crazy and what are our parents going to do? But this is focusing on how the parents are also having their own crazy night somewhere. It's not a huge party, but the drinks are flowing. And sometimes that means uh, people get a little bit more uh, more uh, caustic and then shit goes down. So uh, just as far as I guess my own personal relation to it, it's just interesting looking at it from that point of view. Yeah. And I don't know why, but uh, just wanted to mention before we move on um, that when when janice started bringing up that story she was like oh you want to swap family stories how about the time that mom and dad were coming back Uh, from the copa mm -hmm. and tony's reaction is so like that's enough like (laughs) for some reason i really thought it was going to be like something to do with tony watching his parents have sex uh, something (laughs) like that because it's such a shameful reaction yeah and then when you find out what it actually is it's like like his reaction is so great to it and like he says it like it makes us sound like a crazy dysfunctional family and it's like that is true that is the truth and that is what he doesn't want to face here and the whole evening this becomes another story 
that like hopefully uh tony's kids won't know about it uh but like bobby's uh, their their daughter will know about it because she was there yeah and it's like it's one of those stories of how it just continues on and uh, he has this shame so he knows what was happening is bad and and everything is in his behavior but that's the reality and he he just doesn't want to face it yes absolutely he doesn't, he doesn't want it to be a fun thing that you laugh about you know because because carmelo is like this story is amazing why have i never heard this but for him <laughs> yeah. it's like no it's too real yeah yeah you nailed it and I, and it's also i like that there's it's kind of a, the boardwalk thing is kind of a, call, a callback because i forget which episode it is but remember when Tony brings up blowing roadies or whatever, and then Bobby's yeah. like roadies, <laughs> like he, <laughs> oh, yeah. like that's kind of such a weird like seed for this moment here, where we already know that's kind of a hot button with Bobby, and Bobby's not being unreasonable. It's like, I, yeah, you're my boss, but I've invited you to my home, and yes, my wife is your sister, and you guys have your own thing, but also it's my wife like yeah how, what kind of man am i if i just allow this to happen uh but well, also because yeah. bobby doesn't like he says you sopranos go too far he doesn't understand a family that will do this and i like that even yeah. carmilla i guess has been in it so long that to her it's kind of normal because she laughs at the story she also laughs yeah. about the joke about janice being ugly <laughs> like <laughs> carmilla's going along with it. she's like no this is how the sopranos live bobby you should understand this at this point, but he doesn't. Yeah. And so now we get to the most important part of our podcast here where we decide who won the fight. Yes. And uh, <laughs> this is what we've all been waiting for. Um, I, I joke because it's like it's such a flurry of, you know, quick cuts and stuff that you're kind of I, I just have my mouth covered like, oh, my God, like because <laughs> it's the Sopranos and someone could like die in the scene. You don't know. Um, but uh, yeah. So, I mean. It's it's all the carpet, right? It's, it was all the carpet. Yeah, let me see. I, I got a plan right now. Let me because I don't. Let me see if I see the carpet. I mean, Bobby no, does that's... take a cheap <laughs> shot. You got to give him that. He does. Tony's like in looking at the board game, trying to roll dice. I mean, he's singing about under the boardwalk with a schlong in Janice's mouth. Uh, but yeah, so then Bobby hits him from the side. So that well, we can all agree that that's a cheap shot. But Bobby's, you yeah. know, he's a hulking big man. He's bigger than Tony. Yeah, uh, but it it starts to be it's almost like the Ralphie fight in a way the way they're grabbing and kind of tossing each other into the wall and stuff and Tony keeps Tony does his move where he's like pushing people's faces I guess maybe yeah. get like a finger in the eye or something like that uh, yeah it's like what we're doing now is uh, missing the point entirely and that's what everyone <laughs> yes. is doing yeah. online as well because obviously the point is how I like it is important in a way because if Tony had just decked Bobby, he it probably would have been fine. Yeah. Everything would have been great. Yeah, uh, kind of because Bobby can take that, you know, personality wise, but Tony cannot, and this yes. would be another thing that will fester. Um, but yeah, so there's the fight. Tony ends up like on the floor of the t uh, with the table and the Monopoly board underneath him, but it does seem like it's entirely to me at least. It seems like it's just random chance that he's the one who who gets knocked out but he does get way more you know uh pummeling to the face it's more humiliating for him obviously and but it's pretty humiliating when bobby just goes out and drives the car <laughs> yeah. straight back it's into a tree, tree too yeah. and janice is just there yelling fuck <laughs> and uh yeah it all it, it's it's all pretty fucked and then everyone goes to bed yeah yeah um and uh what was it? oh it's it also reminds me of uh I mean, we saw how this is an important thing to Tony because when he beat up Muscles Marinara just to prove his, you know, strength and alpha yeah. maleness, and he definitely doesn't come out quite as an alpha male here. He even has a hotel uh, piece stuck to his cheek, which is hilarious. Uh, yes, that I love that. <laughs> and yeah, as you said, Bobby is drunk. Janice is like, you can't drive, and he just backs right into a, right into a tree. It's such a classic drunk dysfunctional family moment. Carmela puts Carm puts Tony to bed. Uh, Janice is kind of you know telling Bobby like you know don't you understand like this is this is not great. It's not a great situation because outside of just a regular family scuffle, there's the whole mafia family side of things and him being the boss. And that yeah. great moment when Tony wakes up in the middle of the night. 
Because, I mean, I, I don't know the moments of like getting beat up and woken up in the middle of the night, but I know this feel as just when you had a long night of drinking and yeah. you kind of pass out, but then you wake up at like four in the morning because you're thirsty or whatever, and you're like, oh, yeah, fuck. I drank mm -hmm. a ton. Never mind. Also, I drank a ton, but also I'm bleeding and I have a black eye. And but then he just walks into their room. He's like, "Fan Square, you beat me. You beat me, yeah. Fan Square." And I love that because you know Carmela put him to bed, but this is him putting the thing to bed. Yeah. And this is the thing that he, if he were, but if he was actually getting what he needed out of therapy, and if he was willing to move on from things, and like I think he is able, but not willing. That's the thing. Um, gets stuck in his own behavior patterns, as do we all. But like this is, he says this, and it should be over then, but it's not. Like it, it can't be really because yeah. it's gonna fester, and that's why the Lydia comparison makes sense. Uh, because he, he, he won't let go of this even if he tries to in this scene and i think it's a genuine I, I think he genuinely are like all right you know what yeah. we had a scrap these things happen but then the next day he can't feel that same feeling like at the time he does because he's still a little bit drunk and he's been beaten up and he's calmed down and he's like you know what this we'll put this to bed but uh no yeah because then even waking up because now he's still got his bloody torn shirt on uh he's got to look at bobby and i mean as we know like you know, a few episodes ago, he was talking about how he loves making them eat shit. Like, that's a thing he gets joy from. Uh, yeah. So I guess that even adds a little bit extra to it, is like, because he's the dude that kind of beat him up. And I, I mean, I guess they, they initially, I guess I don't know what choice would be better because they want to leave at first. Yeah. And I guess there is more potential to maybe resolve things if he stays and they just kind of hash it out. But I guess it's kind of like a lose-lose either way. Because if he, lo if he yeah. leaves, he's just going to like be thinking about it. But then if he stays, of course, it's just still in his, in his head and he's going to be thinking about it. So I guess there's not really a good choice to make there. Yeah. And so like the whole thing about Bobby being second in command, that's, that's over now, right? That's dead yeah. at this point. Yeah, it seems yeah. like it. It would seem like that's kind of... That, that was it died on the vine. <laughs> died on the vine. Uh, the thing, uh, the scene of them in the boat when they talk about this, it feels like if the, it was a romantic relationship, it's the scene right before the big breakup or one of the people gets killed or wherever where everyone's super happy. Like, you know, in a Joss Whedon show, for example, if so, anyone is too happy, they're, mm -hmm. they're going to die. Yeah. Um, and in this, it's like, oh, their relationship is too happy. The relationship is going to die, and uh, that's what it feels like. Uh, uh, that's what it feels like here with, with Bobby. Uh, even though he, I, I think, um, at the end he gets his payback. Uh, obviously, because he gets him to kill this guy. Yep. And that is like he was talking about how he's better off not doing that. When they're in the boat, he talks about how you know it's it's. Um, you know, sometimes it haunts you or whatever he says. I don't remember, but that's the point of it anyway. Like you don't have to deal with that particular worry. Um, and that's great that he gets uh, such a twisted uh, payback for this later, because basically Tony is the way he is in large part because of his parents, but also in large part because of the life he leads. And part of that is like the ghosts of people he's killed haunting him, um, yeah. even though he enjoys inflicting pain on people. So it's a bit of a contradiction. But like he has to deal with that extra thing and the pressure of being boss, of course, blah, blah, blah. They won't shut up about it, these, uh, <laughs> yeah, these mob bosses. Exactly. But he has this extra pressure and he's like, you know what? Maybe I didn't stop picking on my sister because I've had to go through more than you. So how about you go through this thing? And I think that Tony might be able to lay the whole thing to rest after that. Uh, but uh, I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, yeah. And I do love that um, uh, because that's kind of all going through his head as Tony's doing the sitting thing, as Janice calls it, uh, <laughs> like staring out at the water and i like i love that she knows what's happening and she's like oh, yeah uh oh this is not good <laughs> he's sitting out at the water this yeah. is not good for us uh something's going on here and you know it gets revealed even more so when carm comes to talk to him 
And I, I forget what she brings up initially is maybe something. I think it's something to do with the spec house most likely because yeah. she's always talking about. And then and then Tony st- was uh, brings up the throw rug and she's like, what What are you talking about? And, you know, the throw rug wasn't here. He'd end up on his ass. And then I love yeah. this other like they always have these great stories that you know, build the history, even going back to like, I, I think at the the cookout one, they have like an arty story from when he was a kid. But now we hear this story about how Tony beat up Dominic Tedesco at Pizza World and Carm was there and he didn't, they didn't know each other at the time, but he remembers seeing her face and she was very impressed with what he did with to Dominic Tedesco. And she's like, I was in high school, like, <laughs> but I feel like he's kind of proven right when later on Carm becomes the Tony role to defend him to Janice and, you know, brings up the, I think she brings up the sucker punch or something where, you know, everyone, be, like the sides, like you start picking your sides now and who won the fight, yeah. much like everyone online <laughs> about who won the fight. Uh, it's just such great details and great moments. <laughs> yeah. And this is when Christopher calls as well. It's not great timing because he's already out there sitting and you don't want to talk to him when he's doing his sitting thing. Uh, but then on top of that, he's argued with Carmilla about who actually won the fight and so on, too. So, uh, yeah, and I just hangs up on him. But I think and even the, the extra cherry on top is that he's calling to wish him a happy belated birthday. So the motherfucker yeah. didn't even call on his birthday <laughs> as well. So there's just so much going on that Christopher is very oblivious to how he's fucking everything up. So he couldn't just call him the day before. He wasn't there for when he got out of jail. And now it's like, yeah, no, I'm not going to deal with this. Just hangs up on him immediately. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, basically then there's there's a couple of scenes like where Tony loads up the golf clubs and then he talks, they have another grill out and he talks about how Sucker Punch is a Sucker Punch and let's go basically. And there's a scene where he like drives off on a side road where Bobby's definitely like, oh, he's going to kill me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, because yeah, there's, yeah, they kind of, they're, it's festering a bit when, yeah, they're eating and then I think even Bobby has a comeback of like, hey, was it fair and square or a sucker punch? Like, you know, we're going to make it, let's, let's make up our minds here on what happened. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. yeah, then they head out. And I think, I mean, clearly Janice is worried about what's going to happen when they're just, they're, they're leaving. And then, yeah, Bobby is definitely assuming he's probably just going to get killed out in the woods, much like uh, poor Adriana. Um, Janice is also, you know, I guess we see kind of the, the seeds of that story because the, the baby's in the, water and carms with her like literally right with her and the, yeah. their uh, nanny or whatever's there but she still is doesn't want anything to do with it yells at her kid takes her away um and oh yeah that's what kind of then, then we have kind of uh carmen janice and janice brings up uh richie which i kind of like because also the other layer to this is that tony Tony told, uh, although I guess maybe Carm doesn't quite know what she's referring to, but Tony told Carmilla about Richie, basically. I forget if he, he mentions that it was Janice or not. Because remember, Carm has that line of like, that was not a match made in heaven or something like that uh, once, yeah. once Richie's put out. But, you know, she tells the story and kind of relates it to how she's like her father because she had a boyfriend that hit her. And we know how that worked out. She went and got a gun and fucking killed him. <laughs> Uh, yep. <laughs> and uh yeah, that's what Carmela's, you know, what are you saying about my husband, you know, this verbal diarrhea because Janice is not good at hiding that she's trying to get at something. Uh she's not good at that at all. And then Carm starts taking sides and says, you know, my uh Bobby blindsided him. My husband's not a vindictive man, but we'll see that that's not true. <clears throat> yeah, it's definitely like Meadow earlier on, you know, yeah. who will shit talk uh, the Sopranos to their faces, but to anyone from the outside, what are you talking about my family for? Uh, even though Janice is family, she's uh, talking shit about Tony here, even though it is like, when I first watched the scene, the thing about it that's so good is that even though I know Janice, my first thought isn't like, oh, she's trying to say that Tony's the worst because of this, but then it's only because Carmela like, hears that immediately that i'm like oh yeah yeah no of course that's exactly what janice is doing but like <laughs> she could just be making conversation but 
the reason it's that this scene is here is because, yeah, like you said, we're taking sides and maybe it would have been better to leave um, immediately, but I don't know. Maybe maybe we got the the conflict got the resolution that it actually deserved in that Tony forced <laughs> him to kill someone and then they just went home well, uh, and some other people came over to visit instead. And also for, for all of Janice talking about how she's like her father more than her mother, when Carmela storms off after she understands what Janice is doing... Janice is like, what? What did I say? Is very Livia Soprano. So, I mean, I guess uh, they they all got some great qualities from both of their parents. Uh, but- yeah, and it definitely ends with her. I think she's standing up, but she is doing the basically doing the sitting and looking out thing because she's left alone there. Yes. She's shooed away her child who is having a fun time in the lake. Uh, she's scared off her uh, sister-in-law, so she's alone looking out at the lake. So I'd say that's pretty much like her mother. Yes. Yeah. And then yeah, so Tony, Tony and Bobby meet with the Canadians. They're gonna buy buy some expired drugs or prescription or whatever, sell them here in the states, make a lot of money. They're trying to haggle over the price. They find out that uh, much like Tony dealing with his own brother-in-law situation, this guy has a brother-in-law he needs taken care of. So uh, they can offer their services for a discounted price, and it gives Tony the perfect opportunity to get back at his own brother-in-law and make him do the hit. Um, And I like that they, you know, Bobby mentions like DNA earlier, like, well, you know, especially these days with DNA, like not having to want to do it. But then like the way this hit set up, it's almost like he does everything wrong. And if this was a like law and order or CSI or some shit, because, yeah. you know, he shoots him and then you can hear the bullet like ra- rattling along in the dryer or whatever with the shoes. And he gets like his shirt ripped. Uh, and so it's I mean, I don't expect this on the Sopranos. I don't expect it to be like and then the shirt, the guy matched it up with Bobby's shirt or whatever. But I just like that there's those things because I feel like they like fucking with the audience a bit to make them think that that might be important or something. But uh, I don't think it is. For sure. Same. Uh, I always uh, (laughs) assume that the criminals portrayed in The Sopranos know more about how to do crimes than I do. So I'm like, well, you can't just drop the gun. You can't just (laughs) do this and that. But then, you know, it always works out for them. So clearly they know what they're doing more than me. (laughs) Also, it's in Canada, so there is no law, apparently. uh, (laughs) Because, you know, you're from the U.S., Ah, uh, it's basically like uh, the Mexico of the North. Uh, who even knows what goes on up there? Very true. Uh, so yeah, he makes the hit, and you know it's clearly a, not an easy thing for him to do. Um, and it is just as far as I mean, the guy might be a piece of shit, might not be. He just looks like a young dude, and he has to kill him, and he's kind of like, I guess maybe not pleading for his life, but I mean, no one wants to die. So, uh, but yeah, he makes the hit. He, well, he has to yell at Janice because he has to go and do it. He knows he has to do it. And since they're in this situation, it's not like a thing he could really push back on. Oh yeah. Uh, and then we have Tony kind of watching the home movies. He gets a call that, okay, you know, this gun thing, uh, maybe it's not over and done with the feds have taken it over. So not good news there. Uh, then they're playing, at the end, this magic moment, and it is a very idealized, like, you know, they're on the lake, you got the nice lighting, some other friends are there now, everyone's laughing, everyone's smiling, and, you know, Bobby kind of is, but, you know, I guess he's different now, things are a little different, it's not quite, especially, I guess, that place, he's always going to have this, uh, these memories tied to it, so, yeah. And he's uh, like, there's these children here, like you said, very idealized and nice. And then what does he do? Goes and stands and looks out at the lake. Yes. Just like Tony Soprano. Yes. Mm, so much to see there in the water. Um, yeah. Uh, to comment on a couple of those scenes, um, like we have a very short scene after the Canadians where Tony just honks his horn at some women water skiing in their oh, bikinis. Yeah. And. The whole purpose of that scene, I think, is twofold that showing Tony's now chilled out. He feels great about everything now because he's kind of like, oh, nice. Huh? Yeah. And then also to show how much this is eating away at Bobby because he he can't enjoy that. And that as soon as Tony and Carmela leave, it's like, no, I have to go immediately. And I feel like 
he doesn't have to go like he's not in that much of a rush but he is in a rush as far as he wants to get it over with mm -hmm. and uh, so he does fucks it up like you said uh, well not really it's it's gonna be fine but it's a horrible like murder uh as well like it's not all these factors of the shirt being ripped and everything it's just like it's awful um and uh yeah great for him to think about that for the rest of his life yeah and actually yeah, i almost forgot we do got to throw that up on the old counter course we do uh so do we're we're hitting up to what now Gatsana, Malanga. uh 67 is that is my That's... are my counts correct same we're on 67 deaths yeah. still 16 walkouts uh i'm starting to lose hope that we'll get a, <laughs> a late season sort of revival here my original concept was oh they seem to be doing a lot of walkouts and a lot of deaths i wonder which has more i think we can safely say deaths at this point but uh the numbers are still fun and yes. the sounders even more so. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. Great episode. Uh, great uh, premiere for this back half of the season. Uh, we got, what, eight episodes left after this one. Uh, get ready for the ride. Absolutely. It is interesting as well that Tony, when he watches the Soprano home movies, uh, it's not like he watches it and goes like, oh, gross, disgusting. He's like he's like just he's actually seeing like some a positive moment from his childhood yeah. and i swear he doesn't remember it like that's how it works if you're a person like tony you mm -hmm. only remember the bad stuff um like the, the when he was being videoed with the fight or whatever he remembers that but then this thing of just you know playing uh outside uh it's something that makes him go huh uh, a little bit and yeah. will it have any lasting impact no <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah so um i appreciate we've been getting some people uh tweeting at us listening to the episodes i really appreciate that uh it's it's nice to hear that you're out there listening so yeah if you have any other thoughts you can either tweet at us or you can email us at shows what you know show at gmail.com uh, of course we definitely appreciate if you rate and review the show on apple Podcasts or stitcher or whatever your Podcatcher of choice is uh and also check out some of our other other shows at shows that you know.com we have a show called blank meets blank where we put uh the money where our mouths is and create our own show uh tv show and we also have a show called real history tell us a little bit about that jacob that's a totally new show called Real History. That's real with two E's. And in it, uh, I sit down with two Irish history buffs, uh, and they tell me a little bit about the historical context of various films and TV shows. So, for example, we just did The King as our first episode, um, which came out on Netflix. It's, you know, about basically about the Hundred Year War. And I like historical films, but I'm almost always like, well, this is how I learn it. This is how I know history is through film. And we always talk about that, yeah, how yeah. it's only through film and television that we know about the real world, which is a bit of an issue. Um, so that's part of it, uh, part of why we've put this together. Basically, we just sit down and my friends do the research and I ask them some questions uh, and we try to figure out what it's not really like trying to put the film on trial for all the incorrect parts because there's always going to be incorrect parts but it's more just to talk about the history of that time period and go what was life actually like and you know we'll just use the film as a jumping off point for that um so we did the king uh we also already recorded gladiator that's probably going to be nice. the next one and we have a bunch of other episodes coming up and if you have any that you're interested to uh, in us discussing you can uh, review real history on apple podcasts and let us know what show you'd like us to talk about or you can email us at shows what you know show at um <coughs> excuse me shows what you know show at gmail.com i'll repeat that because i fucked it uh shows what you know show at gmail.com we did get an email here about uh the sopranos and i think we'll save that for the start of next episode just because this one's running a little, running a little bit long because it's an important episode but if you want to share your thoughts please do so once more, that's shows what you know show at gmail.com. Absolutely. And I believe that there's only one more thing left to say after all that. Oh, what's that, Jim? Cut to black. <laughs> <laughs>